0: These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Chad on Score North and scorenorth.com. Oh, my. Breaking news to start the show today. Welcome in. Daily Minnesota sports entertainment. Sorry, this is a my button bars. It's like once a week my button bar will freeze and I just forget to restart it. But uh, I think I think we should roll the breaking news into our Tuesday weekly staple here. Who gets it and who doesn't? And we'll throw it to Judd Zolgad to to tee this up however he wants. But it does pertain to the Minnesota Vikings.
1: It does indeed. And it is the latest bit of information from Adam Schefter, ESPN, from his sources. About- sources tell
0: me. Aaron
1: Rodgers. The report was that now, uh, and, and this just mysteriously came out exactly a week right. before the Packers are to begin training camp practice. I don't know where it came from. It just mysteriously surfaced. <laughs> At some point in the offseason, Rodgers was offered a two-year extension by the Packers that would have tied him to the team for five more seasons, which he's, what, 37 right now. And made him the highest paid player right now in the National Football League.
0: This idiot franchise.
1: All right. I'd like to, I'm not going to start out with who gets it. I've got some of those, but they're boring compared to this. Who doesn't get it? And I guess more appropriately, in our town, who's enjoying it? Who doesn't get it is the Green Bay Packers. Who's enjoying it and should be Vikings fans. So they have now leaked to Shefty from his sources, his sources in Green Bay, my sources, tell me sources, that they offered this extension and Rogers didn't take it. This is another desperate attempt by Mark Murphy. And, and he's who I blame here. The president of the Packers. And by the way, if you're a Vikings fan, put him on your christmas card list cuz this guy has screwed up everything he possibly can here
0: really excited for his next blog on packers.com well, and
1: they told him to shut up and now he's clearly leaking stuff so he's not saying it publicly and by the way if you want if you want juicy Next Monday, 11 a.m., I say we all meet at Lambeau Field, the shareholders meeting, Mm -hmm. the annual let's get drunk and take our piece of paper and try not to puke on that piece of paper while being informed (laughs) what our team, which we own, is doing. You know how ugly that's going to get? You know, wait, 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 wait.
0: do do they serve alcohol at the shareholders meeting? That seems like a dangerous idea. Uh, I doubt they
1: do. But all the bars are open and it's Green Bay.
0: There are not enough Ubers and Lyfts in Green Bay to make that a safe situation. You might just, if you're sober,
1: you might want to stay off the road. That would be my (laughs) advice. That's one day where I would just just steer clear. But anyway, the don't get it. Um, One, it's over, okay? Aaron Rodgers is your boyfriend or girlfriend who you're desperate to hang on to. Perhaps you did something. You stepped out. uh, And they're like, we're done. And you're like, oh, no, I made a terrible mistake. He's done with you. He is done with you. Second of all, Mark Murphy. Because I don't I don't blame the GM Brian Gudekunst as much because I just think he's a pawn. Like I he's just a stooge. But Mar- I do, and I'll, I'll tell you why in a second. Okay. But Mark Murphy, president of the Packers. You are not in control. You are not Harrison Ford in Air Force One. Give me back my damn franchise. You get, off my but, yeah, get off my plane. Get off Lambert.
0: You're thinking of uh, Mel Gibson in Ransom. Give me back my son. No.
1: Oh, yeah, well, I'm combining the two. I don't care. My point is you've lost all control. Aaron Rodgers is in control here. And the sooner that you realize that and just create an exit plan, right now you just don't get it. And your attempts to get it, by the day, look more
0: and more futile. Let me just real quick speak on behalf of all Vikings fans when I say, <laughs> so let's go through this for a second. Okay? And, I, and by the way, I, I'm going to pull an M&M, an M&M and an m m and 8 mile. I know all the things you had to say against me, Packers fans. Right. Well, you guys have never won a title in 60 years. Fully aware of that. Fully, fully aware Thank of that. You. But the one time that the Vikings dusted off your 39 year old Quarterback coming off arm surgery, they went to the they they went to the doorstep of the Super Bowl, and you know if they had if they had racked up thirty years of chances with two Hall of Fame quarterbacks, probably would have been a different story. So like, it's great, congratulations. Yeah, the Vikings never won a Super Bowl, but look at how badly they have botched this. Okay, let's go back to the two thousand twenty NFL draft, the one where they where they drafted Jordan Love. Correct. So Brian Gutekunst takes over the front office. And this is a collective effort here. This is Lafleur. This is Gutekunst. This is Mark Murphy. It's an organizational decision for them to trade up in the first round and draft Aaron Rodgers' replacement. Okay? Rodgers' beef, best as we can tell, for two years has been two things. Number one, why are you not adding firepower to a team that's ready to win the Super Bowl? What are you doing? And two, I'm not cooked. Really? Like, why are you not looping? Why why are we not all looped in together on this discussion? I'm not cooked. I'm ready to win a Super Bowl. And you drafted a quarterback, right? Fast forward two years later, and apparently the same organization, according to Adam Schefter's report, has said, oh, actually, we love you. Uh, Here's a lifetime contract until you're 43 years old for more money than any quarterback in the NFL is making. Well, aren't you then admitting that Aaron Rodgers was right about all these other things? Yes. Now you're like, by offering that contract extension, you're admitting, oh, we screwed up that draft two years ago. Holy crap. Can't believe we drafted a quarterback. Here's more money, Aaron Rodgers. (laughs) Like they've, through their actions, they've admitted that Aaron has been right about all these things. Now, is Aaron kind of a cantankerous pain in the ass to deal with? Yes. Yes. Probably. Yes, he is. But. Even more reason to keep him in the loop and part of the decision-making process, right? So, like, I don't know. This is hilarious, and uh, I would be shocked if this ended with Rogers just going back to training camp. He's not, not going to
1: show playing up, playing it out. Be, so, he's, he's not at this point. He is firmly in control. They look like idiots, and I guess here's my question: What are they going to do to regain control aside from granting him his wish and moving him? Like what they've offered him more. He doesn't want to be there anymore. He doesn't trust them. He doesn't like them. He's not, he's probably not wrong. I don't, this franchise at one time from really, from really the far of years on, and I covered it for two years, was incredibly well run. Like I had a lot of respect for how they did things. And, and w- when I started to cover the Vikings initially, the Vikings were a gong show. Now they're not, but they were back then. And the difference w- was like they were in different leagues. Um, the Packers don't have that now. They're not well run. They're not well run, and that's a major problem. But if you're a Vikings fan, enjoy it, and here's why. In the column I just wrote, I wrote, uh, initially you would think, well, you know, I don't want to enjoy this too much bad karma, right? Like, like if I laugh too much, but how much worse can your karma get? You've choked in the biggest situations already. <laughs> Like it's like your your karma can't get worse. 2009 throw, 98. Throw some stones. <laughs> no, but I'm just saying, like go ahead and enjoy this Vikings fans. This is your chance to for, right now if Rodgers does not show up, you can say, I think beyond a shadow of a doubt, right now, you have the best quarterback in the division. Your coach actively decided to kick a field goal down one <laughs> yeah, possession
2: great. and that's the last impression you're going to see of your quarterback. Congratulate. Like, don't, don't get me wrong. The Vikings coach, his defense has melted down in big games. NFC Championship game. They got their asses kicked against San Francisco. It's happened. Your coach said, I trust my defense to get a stop and not the best quarterback in the NFL.
0: So goodbye, Green Bay. Yeah. Goodbye. And again, I love it. Eminem, M&M eight mile rule. We know everything you have to say about us. Yeah. We get it. This is still hilarious. Good news for Brian Gudekunst and the rest of the Packers brain trust. If Mm -hmm. your job security is in question and you're looking for some new employment, Burnsville heating and air is here to help you guys. So they are looking for full time workers to join their new construction department to help with HVAC installation. And they're hiring all levels of experience. So whether you are apprentice level and you need to learn on the, on the fly, they'll teach you. If you're a lead, a finisher an equipment setter, They'll give you on-the-job training if you need it and up to a $2,000 sign-on bonus. These are full-time positions. The work sites are within 10 to 20 minutes of wherever you live. So if you're far away from Burnsville, um, that's not a problem. And uh, they also offer overtime opportunities as well. So great opportunity if you've made some questionable decisions in your football front office job to maybe go on the hunt for something new. BurnsvilleHeating.com and click Careers. BurnsvilleHeating.com. And click careers. All right, Declan.
2: Oh, who, who gets, gets it, it? Who doesn't? I got it. Who gets it? In fact, this just came in five minutes ago. I want to say who gets it, and it's the trade rumor season in all of sports right now. Hockey trade deadline, or hockey offseason, excuse me, the baseball trade deadline. The NBA offseason's about to begin here at the finals, wrapping up. But Jeff Passan, the godfather of, uh, of of baseball reporting, you could say. Maybe not the godfather. Maybe maybe Ken Rosenthal or, or something. He's definitely there, not he's, the Godfather, but he he's is the current like, like uh, he's the current
0: title holder. No, he's I not
2: Vito Coleone, but but he's making his way up the family here. You know, he, he's he's very close to being on top of the family running and running this show. So he just put out twenty questions, MLB trade deadline, and his first maybe 500, 700 words, nothing but the twin, all but the twins, excuse me, all but the twins. Wait, all no but twins. The twins. In the- all twins. All twins stuff in all this report. All about the twins? All about the twins. Mm-hmm. Byron okay. Buxton. I screwed that up. <laughs> Jose Barrios. So he even says, and this is where I love this, by the way. I just love that we get we get more trade deadline fader. And this is where, again, who gets it? People crap on us for talking about reckless speculation. Here's Jeff Passan just throwing gasoline on the fire. And he was talking about Byron Buxton and Jose Barrios. Certainly the twins could deal Buxton and hold Barrios. Or trade Barrios and hold Buxton. But rivals expect their fates will be one and the same. He also links Buxton to Tampa Bay. He leads Buxton to maybe a bigger market like San Francisco, New York, and Boston. So I just want to say, Jeff Passan, you absolutely get it. You understand how this works. The trade deadline is about 11 days away here. I applaud you. For throwing more gasoline onto this, and by the way, this is, he's not just recklessly speculating; he's talking to sources. He's putting, he's connecting dots together here. I just want to say, Jeff Passan, he absolutely
0: gets it. And we'll get into some more of that because we're going to bring reckless speculation Thursday to Tuesday again. Here we've got there's more on the fate of Jose Barrios. Uh, there's more on the Jack Eichel sweepstakes as well. So I think you know, f- there's kind of a feeling out process between teams. From, like, May until sort of now. But then when the Jeff Passons and Ken Rosenthal's come in with very specific information, it's it's real. I'm a little surprised the Twins haven't. I mean, I feel like they've just been delusionally trying to cling to the notion that they can roll off, like, 12 wins in 15 <laughs> games and let's hold off. It's like, all right, I get the deadlines tend to generate more action, but... Um, they finally now 11, 10 days before the trade deadline have come to the conclusion that they should have come to a month and a half ago, and we'll we'll see what happens. Um, who gets it, Giannis Antetokounmpo? I don't know if you guys saw that clip of him talking about ego and fantastic living your life in the moment, and living your career in the moment, and uh, as a as a reader of Eckhart Tolle books in my life, it really really resonated with. With me and uh, a bunch of other people, but the reason why he gets it, I'm going to tie this to the Timberwolves here too, because I think he gives teams like the Timberwolves a lot of hope. He's like the anti superstar in today's NBA, and I and I love superstars in the NBA. But he's humble, he's likable, he's he seems to be free of ego and narcissism, and and he just seems to play basketball with this level of of joy and. Um, he doesn't seem to be bothered by criticism or fans counting down from 10 while he's at the free throw line. I just love the way that he goes about his entire personality. He's not caught up in the NBA's clicks. Like you see all these players openly rooting for Chris Paul because he drinks red wine with them on private jets. Like, um, And most importantly for Timberwolves fans, Giannis chose to plant a flag in Milwaukee after he could have elected to go hit free agency or demand a trade right when they sort of stalled up the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. He said, "No, I'm going to stay in Milwaukee. I'm going to be loyal to this mid-market franchise and I'm going to try and keep building toward a championship." And so I think the Bucks and everything they're doing and everything they're on the verge of tonight if they win game 6. And I'd also put the Suns to some extent in this category as kind of a like not a top market. It should give the Timberwolves more hope. I think up until these last couple of years, it has really felt like Boy, your upside, if you're the Timberwolves, is to really just get back in the thick of the Western Conference and then cross your fingers. But if the Bucks break through and win a championship with a mid-first round pick, and Chris Middleton was a second-round pick, and they've developed all these things from within, and the pieces they've added in free agency are not Durant and Kyrie and LeBron, it's very attainable guys like Drew Holiday the Timberwolves can sign guys like Drew Holiday. He's a really good player, but he's not like unattainable. Yep. And so I just think I love the way Giannis goes about it, and I love what Giannis and the Bucks represent for our Timberwolves here. He
1: that kid or guy now, it is phenomenal how how he comes off. He seems like he's 40. Like his maturity is so high. Um and he just completely understands like he's he seems like a really good guy but he always always seems like he's in control as well too. Mm-hmm. Um it is a, he is really impressive. A really And yeah, I mean the Bucks this a, as a non I would not consider myself to be a basketball guy. I like it but it, it's certainly not my favorite sport. This finals has been phenomenal. It's and it's not just, you know, it's the teams, it's the competition, the games this has been so much fun to see something outside of, I don't know, you know, the Lakers or the Heat or something like that. And to see these two teams that certainly aren't juggernauts, but they're both really exciting. They're both fun. And it's just, it gives you a little bit of that hockey feel. Like there's more possibility now that, yeah. that we didn't have for years.
0: Yep. Like, how long has it been? If you're, even as Milwaukee has been building this thing, and especially if you're a Timberwolves fan and you're even further away. Like your your rungs still rungs on the ladder away from the ten seed and the play in for God's sakes. But like, how long has it been? If ever have you ever felt like, as a Bucks or a Timberwolves fan, yes, you can legitimately with full belief win a championship. I'll bet you even the diehard Bucks fans have been watching these playoff games with a healthy dose of skepticism up until like, you know, game three, game four against the Nets. And Then it was like, oh okay, right, all right, there might be something here. But still, but it's yeah. always felt it's always felt like. The league is against you, and the free agency wave is against you, and the officials sometimes are against you, and even the talking heads around the country are all kind of mocking the Midwest cities and talking like perplexed as to why Giannis wouldn't have left for some other coastal you know, Los Angeles or Miami. It's like, no, if the Bucs can win a championship, I think it's great for the league, and I think it's great for the hopes of, like I said, of of Timberwolves fans. Absolutely. I've kind of gone from rooting for the Suns and wanting Chris Paul to win, so now I'm like, no, it would be. I'm rooting for the Bucks. I think tonight, and I think it would be awesome if they could if they could pay it off. So, all right, back to Judd. Who gets it? Who doesn't?
1: Who gets it? I'm gonna give some credit to a guy who we have ripped on, and rightfully so, through much of the season so far. But he did the right thing last night. It didn't work out right. Rocco Baldelli. Congratulations. <laughs> Leaving Jose Barrios in to meltdown in the seventh, which, of course, because it's a COVID-impacted double dip, is absolutely the right move. The last thing I wanted to see after Barrios threw six solid innings was, uh, here comes Caleb Thielbar, because we're not sure if Jose Barrios can get through here. He he melted down. Excuse me. I'm, I'm,
0: I'm getting choked, choked up. up. I'm getting choked very up. Hold emotional. on a second. I need that. That's yeah, very I need emotional. to my coffee. Mm-hmm. Well, while you sip your coffee, I think Rocco would have taken the time to tell you, see, this is what you wanted. Look at the result. You can't send him out there for a third time through the order. Yep. He gets buzzsawed. Like last night would have been validation for the Twins' philosophy. It would think, have. In their minds.
1: But I still think they did the right thing. And uh, in, in fact, I think Rocco got bit in the ass. Was it the second game uh, Saturday The uh, against the Tigers? Um, one of those games, I think, went into extras. And they put the runner on second, and Rocco Pinch ran Nick Gordon. And Nick Gordon actually advanced to third on like, no, he advanced to third on a fly ball, I think, and scored on a wild pitch, which the guy that they, I forget who they had taken him out for, probably wouldn't have. But then in, in the bottom of the inning is when Miguel Cabrera hit the fly ball, that dropped between Simmons and Gordon. And I think Kepler might have caught that ball. But the point was, I still agree with putting the guy, the faster guy at second to run to, to try and score that run, and he did. So Baldelli's had some misfortune of late, but at least I think he is trying what I would consider to be the right thing as opposed to what he thinks is the safer thing.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, last night was one of those nights, like once every two months, I just, like my body just says, you need to sleep for like 12 hours. Mm-hmm. So I actually fell asleep after the third inning of that game last night, and I woke up on the couch like in a daze. As the White Sox hitter was circling the bases and the crowd's going nuts and Barrios was walking off the mound and I was like, "What? Happened? wait, did they leave him in for the seventh? Like, Why were there runners <laughs> yeah, on? did. What happened? What was going on? He did meltdown. I, I had the Chicago broadcast up and they, nice. were, they were very happy, to say the least. Not quite as happy as Hawk Harrelson. Probably. No, 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 no. But Steve Stone still still rocking that color commentary. Steve Stone's still great. Mm-hmm. Pretty cantankerous, but... He's,
1: oh, he uh, is, and he's cantankerous in real life, too. I tried to talk to him a couple times. That dude is cantankerous, but I really like him as a, as a broadcaster.
0: All right, Dex, who gets it, who doesn't?
2: Uh, who doesn't get it? Uh, WWE. Wrestling, you do not get it. You know, I, I, I we... God. I thought you guys enjoyed I, this.
0: No, on Sunday, well, I did not. Money, money in the bank was good on Sunday. It was
2: all right. It was alright, but here's the problem. Wow. The highlight of Money in the Bank is John Cena coming back. John Cena's been missing from, or absent, I should say, from WWTV for about a year and a half. He hasn't been on since 2020's WrestleMania. Okay. So he comes back on Sunday. It's a big thing, and he opened Raw last night, apparently, and still had the crowd going, and they're actually loving him. And then also on Raw yesterday, Goldberg, Bill Goldberg comes back, old 50 of them. He, he lasts 30 seconds in a match, and... Now, all of a sudden, we're retreading these old veteran, these old guys that no one cares about. Meanwhile, there's young superstars on here that should be getting over. They bring out the NXT champion, Jeff Hardy, who's my guy, pins him in 90 seconds. They just bury their lead dudes. I don't understand what WWE is doing. And look, wrestling is, is just a passion of mine, if you can't tell. I like watching it. I still invest in it. I'm almost 30 years old. Feels as big of a wrestling nut as I am. But I, I, Vince McMahon needs to go away. Vince McMahon needs to go away. Let his son-in-law run this company. Let his daughter run this company. Put your eggs in other people's baskets, Vince McMahon. You have no idea what you're doing. It's not 2008 anymore. It's 2021. The Somebody call. We come. need Bill Goldberg. God, Duck this off is some God, bleep right here. I know that's exactly what he's saying Back backstage with the headset on, okay? I'm sick of it. WWE, you do not get it. You don't
0: get it. All right. It. I've got three letters for you for your elixir. A- E-W. It's yeah. a better product. Yep. It's a more modern product. It's on TNT every Wednesday night. AEW Dynamite. They should check pay out. you for that ad. That's great. What time can I check um, it out, Phil? <laughs> I believe 7 o'clock Central Time. Mm. So all yeah. Check it out. Mm. Uh, I got one more for you guys. Now that we got Declan all worked up, I'm going to come over the top with this one. Um, <laughs> who gets it? I don't often say this, but ESPN executives just get it. This from ESPN.com last night. Former NFL quarterbacks Peyton Manning and Eli Manning will take part in an alternate Monday Night Football broadcast over the next three seasons, ESPN announced on Monday. The Monday Night Football megacast. <laughs> well, megacast. <laughs> Megatime mega Will air on ESPN2 for 10 games in each of the next three seasons and will include current and former NFL players and celebrities joining the Manning brothers on the broadcast. A host has not yet been named out. Throw my hat in the ring there if you guys want me. My little Manning sandwich. Um, Steve Levy, Brian Greasy, Louis Riddick, Lisa Salters, and John Perry will remain on the traditional Monday Night Football broadcast for the second straight season. Anything for me, anything to blow up just the cookie-cutter sort of formulaic approach to sports broadcasts, I'm all for Count me in for the are they Manning be at the, sandwich on Monday nights. Are the
1: Manning's going to be at the stadium or like on a couch watching the game? And... Not, they will
0: not be on location. They'll just be in some like, they'll have some studio or some, right. I don't like know, like a couch set up or, or something. Yeah. Yep.
1: Who's going to host it, do you think? Like, that's going to be a crucial role. Probably Archie at this
2: point, if you got ready to have both Manning brothers in. I'm so <laughs> right, happy what that. About we Cooper, got, dude, I Cooper's under
0: contract two with the Vanilla, but...
2: great, white, boring quarterback. You know how boring I, the broadcast so is right now? It. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, I'm so excited for the Manning brothers to be doing this. That's really going to really? get me turning around. You're on wrong. It.
0: You're. I know that this is a subjective opinion, but you're wrong. You're so just, do you think, you just wrong on do this. Do you think Riddick
1: and, I mean, my, my guy, Le- Levy's a big hockey guy, but. He's fine, but he's just fine. Uh, greasy, I mean, would you really rather watch them than watch I want, them? I, than I want, watch I want guys a whole
2: blow-up. I want something bigger. I don't want just Peyton and Eli Manning. I want something bigger. I don't what do you know want? what it is. This, I don't know well, okay, what it is. First of I'll all, be honest. This, this is what I've bl- wanted.
0: Okay, you want a blow-up and something bigger, but this is a blow-up. They're just testing it alongside of the the traditional. Yep. And Peyton Manning has been sought after as like the biggest color commentator whale that none of the networks have landed yet. So what would be bigger and more blown up than this?
2: Something something that's not these two. Something that's not. And the fact <laughs> is, speaking of old white people calling me, once. your second.
0: hate has gone too far. Peyton Manning's oh, is Royce, Oh, oh yeah. Royce, he's calling. Yeah, Pat hotline. keeps calling. When Pat are keeps, we doing it? Are we going to do when, it soon? You know what? Yeah, he should no, host oh, it. Oh, same hey time.
1: Eli, <laughs> shut up! Peyton wants to talk. That's what we should get, Patrick Roycey. <laughs> Patrick Roycey. Okay, can I give you one more? I've got one Please more. Please do it. Yes. Be Who great. doesn't get it? And look, this is an event I don't care about. I don't enjoy. I don't like it being held, but it, it is. But right now, it makes no sense. Who doesn't get it? The Olympics, the Summer Games coming up next week. There's going to be no fans. COVID concerns now have gone from this might be a problem to, I just saw this graphic on ESPN, over 70 confirmed COVID cases already. We haven't started at the games. All right. Among, among like, like and participant, like athletes. It just said, it just said cases. So it might be people, but it's just, I mean, let's just say it's people involved. Um, but I mean, this is such an obvious one thing. Cash grab for the TV revenue from this country that they want. But this is such a bad idea. This is such a terrible idea. You're taking people to Tokyo when and by the way, I mean this is getting worse and worse again now. Like if you're not vaxxed or if you are vexed, you can still get it. Like we are so convinced that the that the pandemic's done and it's like, well, it's not really done. We're trying to get around things. But the Olympics, come on, stick a fork in this I mean, one.
0: I don't- I feel, now that I'm vaxxed no fans. You know, for a few months, like, I don't know. I get that there's the Delta strain and stuff, but I don't know. Just if, you, if, if you're vaxxed, I think you should feel pretty good. You can still, obviously, there's like yeah, Jay Williams just got it. it on ESPN. But my point is, this is a so.
1: great reason to stick a fork in these games.
0: Just, you just want the Olympics to be we'll done bring, forever? There's just no well personally, yes. But yes, anyway does. but anyway you, you want can, these games to be done.
1: But you could break No, I'd love the Olympics to, to be gone, but they're not going to be. But my but the point is you had to cancel them last year, which was small. Okay,
0: but but if you're gonna cancel if you want these Olympics canceled, then do you also want the NFL season to be canceled? No, because
1: you don't have to travel out of the country. For the most part, to play your football games.
0: Well, yeah, you do. You have to travel to the southeast. You're traveling all over the place. <laughs> you got to travel to Florida, well, yes, but don't you don't you? travel
1: to Tokyo, Tennessee. You don't travel to London.
0: You don't I'll take tra- my chances in Tokyo over over. Now they are. Florida. I think they're going to try Now they
1: are going to try and play some games. I believe across the pond again, which I disagree with. I would not do that. Just make it as easy as possible. I think this is just
0: your anti-living. Well, yeah, well, I got a
1: reason to put a fork in them. The only reason why we're doing this crap is for television money. That's why, and I don't need it. I don't need it. Just show reruns on NBC. I'm fine with that.
0: Yeah, just because you don't like fencing and uh, archery and well, pole vaulting. All of a sudden, that, we fall in love with sports we don't like.
2: Yes. Why fun. do we do that? I love gymnastics. Gymnastics is great. Swimming is great. Yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't understand great.
0: why it's like so, like I, I don't. So you're saying, well, you don't care about gymnastics for the other four years. No, I don't. Just like, all right, I love tiramisu, okay? It's one Mm -hmm. of my favorite desserts. I love it like three times a year. I Mm -hmm. don't need it every night. Mm -hmm. I don't need it every month. Okay, but I'm giving you. Three times a year, I want a good tiramisu. Okay, but
1: I'm giving you a common sense reason to put a fork in these games and try it again in three or four years, okay? I'm giving you a great reason. I'm always looking for reasons to cancel the Olympics. And right now, I've got a really good you one.
2: You actually have a good one this time. In this yes. instance, you do. Yes.
1: yes. It's, it's, sometimes I've gone off half-cocked before about, about the Olympic Games. And I'm probably not right. I just feel like I'm right. <laughs> in this case, I'm right. Yes. In this case, there's no reason to be doing this. It's right. It's a cash grab. And the Olympic people are some of the most crooked people out there. They are. The Olympic Games people are some of the most crooked. Not the athletes. The people that do the IOC, it's so like the it's, the it's like so FIFA. It's the crooked it's the crooked I don't need, yeah, but they want their money. They just want their money. Let's let's tell them. Too bad, you don't get your money this time. Everyone stays
0: home. Do you have any other thoughts on the Olympics just, before we? I, there's no reason to be doing this. <laughs> uh, I got one more. You know who gets it? Federated. Federated <sighs> yes, gets they it, do. and they've and they've gotten it for over a hundred years. And uh, they also, you know, they have helped raise since 2005 over $41 million for Big Brothers Big Sisters, which is a 100-plus-year-old one-to-one mentoring organization. So in terms of uh, just igniting the potential of, of young people across the country, Big Brothers Big Sisters is, is leading the charge on that front. And uh, Federated has been one of the bigger organizers of uh, fundraising with the Federated Challenge in the Twin Cities area Thanks to partners like SIT Investment Associates, Minnesota Timberwolves and Lynx, Holborn Corporation, and more. Um, check out the great work that Big Brothers Big Sisters does at their website. That's just a .org. And uh, federatedinsurance.com to find out how they can help your business maximize its potential. All right, boys. Uh, I-, I feel like Thursday is just... It's a great day. It's just not a long enough day to contain all of the reckless speculation that we do.
2: Reckless speculation.
0: On Reckless Speculation Thursday. I'm going to throw it to Dex for a Jack Eichel update here because uh, you <laughs> sent us something last night while I was in my early, early evening slumber. But um, this is Reckless Speculation Thursday on a Tuesday. We mm-hmm. are here. I mean, think about what we have right now just because of the, the winter sports calendar is starting late. It's toward the end of July here, and we have Major League Baseball trade deadline. We have NBA offseason and NHL offseason plus an expansion draft, all converging in like one three-week period of glorious speculation. And so if you live the reckless speculation lifestyle like we do, Mm -hmm. this is really a three-week stretch of, of Christmas here. So what's the late Let's start with Jack Eichel. What are the latest reports on what it might take if a team like the Wild, for instance, has interest in landing the star center?
2: So this comes from David. I believe it's Pagnota, who is on SiriusXM NHL, um, NHL Network, a, a fairly plugged-in NHL reporter. He tweeted out last night: "The Sabers continue to navigate the Jack Eichel trade waters. I'm told the price hasn't changed. Two NHL players, two top prospects, and/or a first round pick, minimum four assets. Buffalo hasn't made a decision on his surgery yet. Likely will be at the end of the month if he's still on the team. Um, if I'm Jack Eichel, number one, why, why didn't I just get the surgery? Why didn't I just? Why, why, why is it up to the team to decide if I should get? Like, if, if I have a neck problem or if I have a injury that is hindering me from making money and yeah. doing the sport and playing the thing I want to do, um, and if this has been going on for weeks and or months, what the hell are we waiting for? Please also, get the like, surgery.
0: If there are doctors telling him, "Yeah, you probably need this surgery," then why is the team standing in the way of it? None of it makes sense. It doesn't. It almost feels like there's a missing piece here. We don't
1: know enough yet. Like there's something. Buffalo has made it very clear from the outset they don't want him to get this. He wanted to. And so to Declan's point, I don't understand why he's not. Yeah. yeah. Um. And supposedly the only people that are being allowed to see his medical report is teams that are like actively involved offering players. So, like, if you come along and you're like, I might trade f- for him, which, by the way, I don't blame a team, but they're like, you can't see it. And if you can't see, if you can't examine him firsthand, you're out. Mm-hmm.
0: So, according to this report, just to summarize, Buffalo will be looking for two current NHL players. Yep. And then and then some combination of either two good prospects and or, like, a prospect and a first-round pick. So four total assets. Mm-hmm. So what would that's that's good framework for what the wild might have to give up and we've gone through some of these but based on this report like what how would the wild potential assets fit into that framing what would they give up Fiala for sure would be one of the active players I think
2: that that's like the easiest I would like to avoid it if I can but I don't know if it's I think it's unavoidable um to try to get them there is a trade freeze right now in the end. You can't make any trades right now with the expansion draft on Wednesday. That freeze lifts on Thursday. So right now there's no trades. At least there there can't be. It's like kind of like the NBA draft. There can be talks. They just won't be reported until yeah. like the expansion draft happens on Wednesday. It's pretty dumb. Um but I I, I don't I think you have the prospects in the draft capital to, to do this. Um I would personally, if Kapo Kakinen doesn't get taken in this by the Seattle cracking in the expansion draft, I would actually put in Capo into that mix. Now, Capo was a rookie last year. There were stretches where he played very, very well. Typically when you're a contending team, goaltending is that thing you maybe figure out last. However, it's a volatile position and it's something that can also lift you up when your team is playing very poorly. So I would actually, if I'm Buff, if I'm Minnesota, I would give up Capo Cock and say, here's your goalie. He might be your goalie for the next 10 years. Here you go. You know, you've been looking for one since basically Ryan Miller left six, seven years ago. Here's your goalie of the future. Then I also give you Marco Rossi. I just give up. I give Rossi. And a lot of people say that that'd be too much to give up. He's a ninth overall pick. He hasn't played hockey in the year due to a a COVID situation um, from last year, but he's a top high end prospect. And I also give them one other first round pick. So I'm still missing probably one other thing in Capo, a first round pick and Marco Rossi. But I do think that's a good starting point. And especially, too, if Eichel's going to be out for an extended period of time, or at least a portion of time, I'm not giving up all of that, knowing that I might only get Jack Eichel, maybe even for half a season this year.
0: I don't know what that entails. So, I think so you're saying you're you're not giving up Fiala in that I'm scenario? It's, it's Capo, They'll Rossi, no. first-round pick, and something else. And in
1: fact, I'll, I think they'd tell you to throw Capo out and put Boldy in. They're going to ask for the the world. I, I, think they'd, I, I think they would say, miraculous. if we get good enough to get a goaltender, we'll go find one. So we want your assets as far as scores go. So I think they'd ask for Boldy, Rossi, the draft pick, and Fiala. And you might talk them down from that. But I'll tell you this. I've come to a conclusion here. And I'm not going to change from it. I'm done with this. I'm not doing this. Um, this neck thing is too much for me. I can't take it. I can't take the risk. This is, if, you, if this trade's wrong and you're Bill Guerin, your job's in huge jeopardy. Like, if he gets here, and it's like, I still got some problems, guys. Had the surgery, still got some problems. And next, just, just like with what we're trying to see, can Hunter come back and be an effective player for the Vikings? Why am I going to give up? Why am I going to mortgage that much for a guy who, God forbid, you know, comes back, and he's not the same player, or worse, he just can't play as much. So... I'm out on this. Um, I don't trust the Sabres. I don't necessarily trust Eichel as as far as what you're gonna get exactly. I think he's a tremendous player, but but as as we learn with Parisi and Suter, <laughs> there's more to people than just what they do on the ice. Um so I'm I'm tapping out completely. I, I can't give I, th- I can't do this.
0: I think uh yeah, the, the like the, the the money situation makes it really tough. You guys have laid out all the reasons on Judd's Hockey Show, which you can find as part of the Mackie and Judd podcast feed. These guys breaking down all things wild hockey. I think the fact that you would have essentially a barren third and fourth line on paper and you'd just be crossing your fingers yeah. that all of your young cheap players uh, can rise up. To me the like the the best possible path to the wild having the most success is is for Marco Rossi to play in 2021-22 and be really really good at age 19-20, right? Like if you could guarantee that Marco Rossi was going to be incredible out of the gate as a 20-year-old in the league, it would make it a lot less likely that you would want to trade for Jack Eichel. But you but you don't know that. So I guess that's my question to you guys, like how confident are you that we sat there for a decade. Every time there's a young wave of wild players, right, Granlund and Coyle, it's like, all right, these guys are going to be, right these are all top-line caliber players, and then none of them were. Yeah. Kaprizov is. He's one of the best players in the league, so it's like, okay, they've hit on something here, and Fiala has been really good via trade. How good and how quickly, how quickly, how do I phrase this? Like Marco Rossi, he how quickly can he be really, really good, I guess?
1: He hasn't played for a year, basically. He played in the World Juniors last winter and thankfully didn't drop dead because it turned out he was playing with uh, myocarditis, the heart condition. But anyway, we talked about this, I think, Declan, on Judd's Hockey Show last time. The path that I see that would be costly, but it'd be more realistic and I think it would give you more security is – for instance, a trade with the Coyotes for a guy like Christian Dvorak, who's going to give you a guy that can win some face-offs. He's very solid. He's, he's not the upside of Eichel, but we don't know what that upside is now, and that's the scary thing. And that allows you to bring Rossi along. The one thing you don't want to do is plug Rossi in, and I don't think that they would, but on opening night and be like, all right, we need you, go to it. Uh, if he develops that fast, that's awesome. But if he doesn't, you don't want to put that pressure on him. So I do think that the Wild needs to go out, and I do think Bill Guerin will make a trade for a center here, and I think it's going to be a very nice player. Um, But again, you know what it's not going to be? It's not going to be the baseball equivalent of a true ace because those guys are really hard to find. And there is a reason why Jack Eichel can be traded for. Like, that's the thing, too. If you have a true ace, for the most part, you're not looking to pedal that guy. Uh, Jack Eichel's out there for a reason, and a lot of those things scare me off. So I would much prefer, Phil, to take the route that you're talking about. Give Rossi some wiggle room in which to, to develop um, and get another player here. So like the depth chart opening night could be just picking this out of thin air. Dvorak, Eriksson, Rossi, something like that. That gives you far more stability, I think, and more talent than you finished the 2021 season with. Um, and it gives you the ability to develop Rossi correctly, but you also didn't mortgage something to get something.
0: Mm-hmm. That's fair. That's fair. Um, on the Twins front. Reckless speculation. And uh, by the way, our Twins discussions throughout the year have been powered by our friends at Dennis Kirk. So uh, if it's uh, riding season for you, the Twins are just uh, riding this losing season off into the sunset. Maybe it's on a Harley. I don't know, but uh, whatever the twins are riding, the twins are riding something very broken down. Let's just yeah, they're it. not they're
1: not going to Dennis Kirk. Mm. Like that's the problem. No. You need to go to Dennis Kirk. Derek Falvey,
0: Adam Yeah, Levine. A hundred sixty thousand parts and accessories, clothing and helmets as well. And if you order by eight p.m., they ship the same day, and shipping is free for orders over eighty nine dollars. So, DennisKirk.com, dot com. Best in the business. They ship today. Uh, You guys sent this in our uh, group text thread last night from SI.com. Source, the Mets are looking to make a big splash at the MLB trade deadline in order to solidify their spot in the postseason. They've also shifted their focus to top-tier trade targets such as Chris Bryant and Jose Barrios. And then as Declan laid out in the first part of our show today, Jeff Passan has this just epically long trade deadline look. And a lot of it has to do with the Twins. Uh, What's happening with Byron Buxton? Where's Jose Barrios going? And um, I'll just read a chunk of this. Declan read some of this, but uh, certainly the Twins could deal Buxton and hold Barrios or trade Barrios and hold Buxton, but rivals expect their fates will be one and the same. The market for Barrios, who like Buxton will be a free agent after next year is theoretically robust. In early trade discussions, sources said contending teams are coveting controllable starting pitching, which the Twins have in Brios. Barrios is the best of those controllable starters theoretically available. And I just want to stop there for a second and say that it's hard sometimes to get bidding wars at the trade deadline on position players because, like, center fielder is such a specific need and second base when, when Dozier was maybe available, right? Like, Those are very specific needs that if you take the eight teams that might be buying at the trade deadline, well, how many really need X position or even have a a DH available for Nelson Cruz, right? All of them need a playoff caliber starting pitcher. Hmm? In very few cases, are there? Yeah, or bullpen help. Like, even the best teams in Bay, like the Dodgers might be the exception, right? You, You know, when you get to the playoffs and you're running out Walker Bueller, Clayton Kershaw, like... Maybe you got enough arms, but almost every team is looking for arms, and so you can you can get some sort of a bidding war started. The teams that match up are the ones in contention, looking for p- for pitching and in possession of top end young talent. The list isn't very long: Dodgers, Giants, Mets, Blue Jays, and maybe the Rays. Uh, the Angels certainly could use a pitcher of Barrios's caliber. Of course, the Angels are sort of far out from the playoff picture, and the Yankees could as well, but they're not inclined to part with their best minor leaguers. Um, I honestly like the more this adds up, the more these stories are coming out. Phil Miller talking to the Barrios camp and Barrios basically saying, yeah, I want to hit free agency. Well, once he let's do the math here, twins, he is saying publicly he wants to hit free agency in a year and a half. I don't know what the twins best offer has been to this point. I would try like hell to sign him because I don't know where you find other Jose Barrios. Like maybe he's not an ace, but like he's really good. He's your best starting pitcher, and if you trade him, you're basically waving the white flag on pitching for a couple of years. So I would still try to sign him. Mm-hmm. But if he's hell-bent on hitting free agency, are you really going to win that bidding war in a year and a half? Probably not. So don't you have to trade him? Like, if you can't sign him now, isn't this becoming very clear, especially with all the, the pass passing reporting that all these teams are knocking on the door, like, What's the logical conclusion here? It, it has to be that he gets traded in the next 10 days, I would think.
1: So Phil also in the Star Tribune piece reported that Brios v- volunteered up, that his camp is currently not talking to the Twins. And, of course, we saw the Rosenthal report last week that Buxton's camp is talking to the Twins, which leads you down the path of the Twins must have made their offer and talked to the Brios camp and walked away from it, right? So that's even more incentive to trade him. He wants i mean he is clearly going to go and we can debate this, and we might be right, but we can debate you know what type of ace is he is he in you know he is easily i think their best starter, but that doesn't mean that he's in that upper echelon group, but he's going to want to be paid like that, and it only takes one team to pay him like that, so yes, if we get to July thirtieth and Jose brios is not traded, my um My confidence, which already has, by the way, waned quite a bit in this team and the people that run it, Uh, if they're like, oh, yeah, we'll just wait and try and negotiate some more pie in the sky, stuff like that. That makes me even less confident that they actually know what they're doing, because, yeah, if this is a situation where you have all of these teams and by the way, I'll say this again. There is a chance we don't play baseball for quite a while next year. So, like, the teams that are bidding on him right now are doing it to win it as quickly as possible. And and you give him 2022 as well, but they have a great opportunity right here and now with Barrios. Um, if you pass on those, okay, and you get to next year and you're just like, okay, we'll try again. And he'll probably just say no. You're not very good at what
0: you do. I mean, the o- the only other, this is risky, but if if it's true that the twins front office believes that this is just a blip on the radar a year and they're going to be back in contention next year you just got to just got to stay the course swallow hard and 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 also hope that a couple young arms pop up like Balazovic or something is ready to be in your rotation next year that if you're going to contend next year you need Jose Barrios and you just figure out the contract thing later and that or you you make your run and then if you're not good in the first half then you trade him for probably half of what you could have gotten at this trade deadline. Like maybe they think, well, we'd rather roll the dice and try to be good again next year and if it doesn't work, we can still trade him at next year's trade deadline. But then whoever's whoever's trading for him is only going to get him for 3 months and so yeah. they're less inclined to give up, you know, the same package. So it's tough and and honestly the the toughest part about this for the Twins front office is this season slapped you upside the head so aggressively and you, you weren't ready for these conversations. Like if you're going through a list of all the things you're going to like, what are the scenarios that we're going to run into at the trade deadline Mm -hmm. being 15 games under 500 and getting swept by the tigers out of the all-star break and having all these underperforming players probably wasn't very high on your list of things to consider. And so I, I get that they're coping with, what the hell happened this year? Mm-hmm. But this is the reality, and I think you you have to look at this not through a best-case scenario lens, but through a, okay, what do we really have going into 2022? We've got, like, our best hitters are both over the age of 35. A lot of the guys who are supposed to be in their prime and carrying this team are not reliable. Mm-hmm. Sano, so Kepler, and we're probably still a year or two away on the Royce Lewis, Jordan Balazovic. you know, th- like the top arm and top. Uh, position player prospect, you know, b- be real. That's all I would say.
1: But in, in some ways, what I don't get is this one. So, like, I, I understand that this year has been a disaster for them and it's caught them by surprise. I get all that. But going into any season, don't you have to have, as your top players, in a market where, you know, you don't, you can't or don't always pay, don't you have to have the plan for, like, worst case with Burrios and what we're going to do? Like I get it if it's j Hap. Oh, he flamed out, he stunk. Uh the shoe. Oh, the shoe's the shoe.
0: terrible. But the shoe was if, great in uh, St. Paul. Oh, there. he's fa- hey. he's a
1: he's a triple A god. He's a triple A <laughs> Hall of Fame pitcher. Quite, eh? Um but don't you have to Phil be prepared for your best players as they as they get set to become free agents to be like we need to we need to have every variable here for, you know, these five players figured out. Don't you mm-hmm.
0: like Jose? Bre- yeah, I just, I, I, well, I think they have, I mean, th- they have a plan of some kind. I'm sure I, they're not just sitting here in their offices. Like, Oh my God, what do we do today? Like, I'm sure they have this <laughs> right. But right you, now. but they the- just not talking about it publicly.
1: Right. But I mean, if oh the- my God. B- but if the plan's not to trade him, then that's no plan. Like, let's bring him back next year and see how we are. Uh, that's, that's how a rotisserie baseball league player goes about things. Not how a major league GM or president or chief baseball officer goes about
0: things. Yeah, well, we'll know we'll know in ten days, sort mm-hmm. of what what the plan was. It could be that they're playing poker and telling teams we're not sorry, we're not trading Barrios to try and create more of a video. goodbye. So, yeah. Um, all right, every week on Tuesday, Declan puts us through the ringer. Random season recall. Mm-hmm. Declan pulls random seasons from Minnesota sports past, mm-hmm. and ordinarily. We do pretty well on the records. I think I'm like three for the last three. You're really three good on the, records. the record.
1: You're really good and on the records. And then
0: it gets kind of hit or miss. And, uh, and, and this week's Random Season Recall is presented by our friends at PXG Minneapolis. Just a golfer's paradise down there at uh, Southdale Center. And they've got all kinds of things for you to improve your golf game or just the way that you look walking around a golf course if you want top-end clubs. The Gen 4 clubs are the best-performing clubs PXG has ever made. If you want great apparel, you can check out the summer collection, and you can peruse around pxg.com slash Minneapolis too to just uh, see what kind of things they have in stock. But I recommend going down there and just checking it out with your own eyes. Southdale Center, PXG, Minneapolis, golfers' First Paradise. All right, Declan, what do you got for us here on Random Season Recall? All right. 2001-2002 Minnesota Wild.
2: So, Judd, oh. you're going to have to dig deep here.
1: 2001, thousand one, The second
2: year of the Minnesota Definitely. Wilds' existence. So, Hi, Judd. you guys have been nailing this topic every year. Or every uh, every week so far, I should say. How many wins... Did the 2001-2002 Minnesota Wild finish with? I'll give you within three wins
1: for a correct answer. Okay. Is that the okay. right one? Let's
0: and let Let's talk through this. So this is before, this is the year before, before, the before run. they went on their run.
1: Yeah, so they were not. And a,
0: this is. There's a non-playoff team. This is also before shootouts. So, the, the, so I believe so we, ties, we ties still existed in NHL. Yes. Yep. Yes. And I'll even throw this one on board. I believe Jacques Lemaire coached teams tended to tie more often lo- based on their style of play.
1: Yeah, they put you to sleep.
0: Yeah, It's called a spade of spade. Trap, trap, trap.
1: They put you to sleep. Mm-hmm. All right, so 82 games at That's the all time. I got
0: for you. That's my contribution <clears throat> to this.
1: 82 games, but you're probably right. You're, there, there were probably a decent number of ties, okay?
0: I'm going to say just. There were probably, like, between 10 and 15 ties. So probably, like, 12. The win 12 total to is going to be ties.
1: lower than what we think it it, it probably is.
0: Because Can we safely knock, twelve, like, let's knock, like, yeah, that's fine. 14 ties off. So 12 to 14. From 82 to, let's say, six, so 68 possible games to win then. Yep. And they were definitely below 500. So it's 34 wins or less for that team. And uh, I don't know. That's... No, that's, that's good. Kind of that's a good starting. Point. I like the math. I'm bad at math. I like the math. It's good
1: job. So do you think um so
0: how bad were they?
2: Keep in mind More too bad. that that as a as a rule of thumb yep. that they tracked wins, losses, overtime losses, ties.
1: Okay, yeah. Oh, but the so, losses
0: but the losses were didn't overtime losses also get included just in the loss column and they separated out. No, cuz they gave no. him the
1: point. It gave no, you another point. God. Like if you lost the game, you you get 0 points. If you yeah. OTL'd that baby, well, oh, you got a point for that. Cuz my league makes perfect sense, Phil I'd Yeah. Like you'd admit but that. But I think
0: for the, for this math, so if we take away ties, they still finished like they had they had at least thirty-four losses, whether it's an overtime yeah. loss or not. Like so, they i fi- I'm saying they almost certainly finished gotcha. below five hundred yep. in the Western conference. Yep. So agreed. So twenty, you know, twenty-five wins. I'm a twenty-five wins. I
1: wrote down twenty-five wow, okay. wins.
0: All right. Twenty five wins. I said twenty-five out loud, so yep. you and I are kind of in lockdown.
1: Twenty five wins, final answer. Yep. Yeah. Twenty-six wins.
0: Oh Mackie, beautiful.
1: That was wow. good math, though. That's I like the quick there. deduction there. 20, that was really good.
2: 26, nice 35, work. 12, and 9. <laughs> I love
1: the sport.
0: Come on. Bleep so these dumb. people. So dumb.
1: I, it's my favorite sport, and they can go bleep themselves.
0: The NHL. Oh, my Come God.
2: On, <laughs> uh, who led the team in scoring that year for the 2001-2002 Minnesota Wild? Okay, that's a goring.
1: Gabrick's on that Points. team. Points. I, yep. I'm thinking Gabrick didn't or Declan doesn't. Well, he he probably would throw, throw that out. Gabrick was on that team, Phil.
0: Um Who are some of the Wiley veterans? I mean, well, West Darby, Walls Darby West Walls.
1: Much. I don't think any of those guys. Darby wasn't a big. No. Over to Gabbrook. Um Scott Pellerin might have been on that team still. <laughs> he he was on the first team. And he actually had some points in his career. Um I mean, it's an expansion team, so it's had no business making a run the next season either, by the way, but that's a whole the, other subject. The, bo-
0: the bomber. Wasn't Brad Bombardier on that team? Brad Bombardier?
1: Yeah, but he's a defenseman. Uh Bruno. Bruno was on that team.
0: Actually, yeah. Bruno Bruno lit the lamp a couple times. <laughs> he put the he put the biscuit in the basket. <laughs> there there he is. I gotta take a sip of
2: my coffee. There he is. Sweet.
1: <laughs> mm. That's right. Okay, so we're looking for points. Pasquale Dupuy he was on that team, but I don't think he ever scored as much as he did once he got with. Sidney I mean, Crosby. brunette
0: brunette was a twenty goal guy for yeah. But a but, years but we are talking
1: he, but we are talking points. So am, am I dismissing Gabrick too quickly, Phil?
0: No, I would have guessed Gabrick. It's actually I feel like this is reverse psychology. Like he he wants us to think it. That's the what the only I thing would be too, like the Gabrick get hurt for twenty games. Yeah, and, that's true. that's scoring. a are, that's a good point. He, I would. I mean, I don't know. Gabrick seems like the right guess to me.
1: Do you want to go with Gabrick or Brunette? Wow! Because um, you're right, Gabrick did have a propensity for being hurt, so that's a good. That's not a bad call.
0: You know, that's such an easy question. If it's Gabrick, Declan's got us psyched out here. Why don't we yep. go Brunette? Let's go Brunette, Andrew Brunette. Let's final turn the answer. tables here.
1: Okay, Andrew Brunette.
2: Right! Yeah. Andrew Brunette, 69 points.
1: Nice. Way to go, boys. Now, would, would you have asked that question when you did, if it had been Gabrick or no? Yeah, I probably would have. Because, yeah. I, I mean, that, that yeah. is, I, I, at first I was going to say that you were trying to screw with us, but then I'm like, no, that's a pretty standard question um, for you in this exercise. Bruno
2: with 69 points, 21 goals, 48 assists. Marion Gabrick, wow. 30 goal season that year. 30 goals, 37 games. He played in 78. So, Oh, God. Okay. So actually pretty, oh, so he, he, he played was, almost he full healthy. season. Yeah, he was almost healthy He just that didn't year. pass the puck. All right. Ever. This one, there were, I'm not going to make you name all these, but there was nine players, nine players, who scored double-digit goals for this wild team. Yeah. Can you name five of them?
0: Okay. Can you well, name five of got them? Ga- we've got so, Gabrick and... three three wrong guesses here just to put yep. a parameter we, on it. We've got Gabrick um, and Brunette as... So Gabby and Brunette. Yep, that's, yep. Two. that's so, two. So two right there. Give me three more.
1: Can we get the bell, please? I, yeah, yeah. Yes! I feel like if we get something right. Yes! Thank you. You're welcome. Three more. It, it emboldens like me. It makes can, me let's, feel let's better. Let's get all
0: nine. Let's run all nine.
1: If let's you want all to. Nine. Okay, you can do it. Okay, so Gabby,
0: Brunette. Would West? Would West Wes Walls was like a 10, 12, 15 goal guy here, right? And Darby could have scored ten. Yeah. Okay. This wh- was such a. This was such an evenly dispersed. Once yes. you got past the top two scorers.
1: Okay. West Walls. Let's guess him, Declan. Yeah. That's three. Darby, Phil. Are, are you comfortable with with Darby? I am. I am. Darby Hendrickson. Okay, it's
0: okay.
1: Still got two left. Um, Pasquale uh, Dupuis was on that team, Phil, and he could he could l- light the lamp. Okay, Dupuis. Pa- yeah, Pasquale Dupuis.
0: Yeah. That's four. That's four.
1: Mm-hmm. Three, four. Was there a defenseman maybe who crept? Eh, ten. It's a lot for a de- for a blue liner on this team. That is, that's a
0: lot. Um, those guys were those guys were not hunting for goals on those teams. They were, yeah, they were those basically guys were told sh- not to. Heels on center ice,
2: basically. Mm. Mm. And the ice times are so evenly dispersed for forwards; it's
1: absurd. Oh, that that's where Gaborik went. <laughs> that's where. What about
0: like uh, Marianne oh lost God. his crap. What about like like there are so many random guys. Um, I'm going to I might butcher some names here, but wasn't there like a Joel talk or something like Were Zolt- some of those r-
1: Zoltak? Yeah, he's dead now.
2: Mhm. I think he died in Darby's arms. He, he died of a heart attack.
1: In Europe. Mhm. God. I saw very him collapse sad. once. He's mm-hmm. here. And they dismissed it and said he'd be fine. It was very sad.
0: All right. But what about Park? Okay, was he let's, on this team before the the O203 season? Was.
1: Let's try Zoltok first, Phil. Sorry, okay. Zoltok, official yep. guess? Yep.
0: Yes! That's five. <laughs> okay. okay. I just picking random guys here. It's great. Um was Pellerin
1: on that team all still? So, I don't
0: know. So we've we've accomplished the goal. Now we're just this is all yeah, bonus. You, you we need to get we, four more. we have two more incorrect yep. So I've
1: got I've got Park written down from you, Scott Pellerin from me. Um
0: Probably at Some of these other random guys. Who there? There's got to be a veteran or two also on these well, teams.
1: Matt Johnson like I think Mark was, the was Mark Parrish. No. Was Mark Parrish on there? No, come around no later? they signed him later. Um, bombardier was on this team. Bombardier? Let's do Bombardier. Sekaresh was on this team.
2: Okay. You want, you want to do the
1: bomber? Sure. That's fine. All right. Hmm. Um, we have one left. Let's do Park for sure, Phil. Okay. Richard
0: Park. Six. Three more. Wow. Okay. This is great. Yeah, this is good. Um, what a random-ass team this was. This team went to the freaking conference finals the next year, yeah. basically. Well, that's because of the, the coach. Um. Who were some other guys that scored goals in the playoffs the, the following year? Yeah, that's right. Like, th- th- that's
1: exactly what I'm trying to think of. I'm trying to think of who the other wingers Bomber, were. Bomber,
0: Walls, Gabarik. So we got
1: Darby. We...
0: Got Derby as a no, Dupuis, Joltak, okay. Park, Bomber. We guessed. I mean, if you want to guess Pellerin, I'm kind of out of names here. Okay, so I'm kind of tap. So tap wait, wait. So let's go through. Well let's
1: here. go through the defensemen. Sekarash, Bombardier, who we know didn't. Philippe Kuba, who was an all-star when the all-star game was here. Um, I think O'Donnell had been traded by then. All right, Pellerin, Scott Pellerin. Mm. Dang!
0: It's ah. okay. We we made a pretty, deep pretty good track into the woods there. Who's the
2: rest? You forgot Auntie Laxinen. Declan's ah. one of Declan's I first favorite he, wild players. He had a very high voice. Um, I don't know what happened. To that. You forgot Jimmy Dowd, Mister Jersey Tucked In, halfway down Jim his, Dowd. his. How his, did How did Darby
1: is. not have ten goals if Jimmy he Dowd did? They were the same bleeping player. Yeah, no,
2: Darby. Darby had nine. Dowder had thirteen. <sighs> And then this one if you would have pulled this one off I would have been Dang. insane. I should have got Jim down. Stacy Rosette. Stacy Rosette. Stacy
1: Roost? R O S T?
2: Stacy Roost? Yes. Yes, yeah, Stacy Roos. Played for Detroit. So. Okay. Not bad. Not bad at all.
1: Wow. So wait, so was there so it was Dowd we didn't get, Laxinen and, and Stacey Roos. So we didn't so there there were no defensemen.
0: No. Okay. No defensemen still. Right. Double digit goals. I feel bad. Anti Laxinen is an, is an easy early nineties obscure yeah. wild name he, that I should have he's thrown out. There. The
1: guy that, that had that big consecutive game streak yeah. until the playoffs when they scratched his ass and it was a big story. It he was, was
0: very yeah. upset. He was almost in tears.
1: Felt bad for him. Um last, Heidel.
2: last one. There was because this was the Jacques Lemaire teams. There was four captains that year for the Wild. They they you know ran out yes. four they ran out captains every other yeah every six weeks. Yep, they um, changed them. There was four of them. Can you name them? Bombardier is one.
1: Mm. Oh no! No, you're kidding. He I didn't... will
2: say you have named at some point three of these four. One you have not named at all. Okay. Even in just talking, okay. you've not named the name.
0: Well, like... Uh, Walls, yeah. Phil, you think? Wall- Walls is very Captain-like. Gotta be Walls. <laughs> <honest>. Really? <laughs> Brunette. All right.
1: Brunette has to be one, Phil? I think Brunette.
0: I guess, yeah. Bruno? Yep. Yeah! Okay,
1: Okay, so, and four?
0: Yep, three more. Jimmy Dowd, right? I like it. Yeah! <laughs> How could we win a face-off,
1: Phil? Two more.
0: Yep. Um, uh, who's a who's a diff- well? Who's a I mean, would Manny Fernandez have been no the no captain? Would Goal- he have made a goalie? Goal
1: aren't. Um, was C- Cuba might have been I, from the defensive core if Bombardier wasn't. C- so the defensemen I've got been? were Sekarish, Cuba, Bombardier, Will oh, was Willie Mitchell there yet? There you go, Willie Mitchell. Yeah, mm. oh. right. got it. Philippe Cuba. I and then that. And Brad Brown.
2: Oh, I wouldn't... Yeah, Brad, Brad Brown. Brad. I should...
1: I... Damn it, I said Kuba. I came very close. Ooh. Oh, man.
2: What an addition. Amazing.
1: That wasn't bad, actually. Right, no. For a completely nondescript thing. That's that, pretty good. That's not that's bad. good. Nice yep. work on, on the win,
0: though, Bill. The win yeah, total—that's impressive. Random season recall. The Hockey Whisper. The Hockey Whisper has been hibernating. You're for just while. good at math.
1: <laughs> no, you're just good at math. But that's awesome.
0: Yep. That was like some really uh,
1: good deducting.
0: Thanks for hanging out with us. If you could, uh, if if you if you are a YouTuber at all and you want to watch our ugly made for radio faces, the Scornorth YouTube channel and the Purple Daily YouTube channel. Our two places, we're pumping daily content. So click the subscribe button. And thanks for hanging out with us on Mackie and Judd Daily Minnesota Sports Entertainment. And damn it, we want titles. Whether it's Baker's Simple Truth Turkey or Mac and Cheese with Murray's English Cheddar or pie made with fresh Cosmic Crisp apples, there are many dishes we look forward to sharing during the holidays. And Baker's has all the fresh ingredients you need to turn today's holidays into tomorrow's memories. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Get more ways to save at the buy five or more, save one dollar each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Bakers, fresh for everyone. Oh, oh, oh,
1: alright.